accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us? Let's pray before we get started tonight. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify your name. We thank you, Lord, that your presence fills this place. Thank you, Lord, that you're here with us. I pray that you will inhabit the praises of your people. We give you praise and honor and glory right here at Victory Christian Fellowship this Wednesday night. We thank you, Lord, for doing great and mighty things among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's stand together. Welcome to church. Amen.
to my attention that our schools are under attack because of some of the kids that we find reporting things that are happening, like a spirit of heaviness, like anxiety, fear. And these don't belong to our kids. They don't belong to our schools. And it's not just one school. It's a whole bunch of schools. So we know what the enemy's up to. Every time a deliverer is about to show up, the enemy likes to mess with the kids. You remember Moses? You remember Jesus? But we're going to mess with the enemy tonight. Because we've called him and he has to flee. Amen? And so as we sing this, we're going to say that God already provided protection according to Psalm 91 for our kids. For everything that they, everywhere they're around, no evil shall come nigh their dwelling. No harm shall come nigh them. Amen. And so we believe tonight as a church, as we sing, we take authority over evil, over our schools. We pull down every stronghold. We pull down principalities. We pull down the rulers of darkness. We dismantle every diabolical plot against our children and our school system. And we say that the freedom of God must go to our Yeah. 
such a wonderful son, Jesus, and his blood, his blood was poured out for all of us. We're asking right now for the heavenly host to 
to search the territories, to, to bring down these strongholds right now. We're taking down the strongholds tonight in these, in these schools. We're thanking you, Father. We bind, we break them now. In the name of Jesus, you have to go. You foul serpents. You will not be allowed in our territory. And you're leaving now. In the name of Jesus. And you're going now. We thank you, Holy Spirit, to fill these schools with your fire, with your truth. We thank you, Father, for bringing back your laws, not the worldly laws. It's you who's in control, not this foul government. It's you. It's you. It's all about you, Father. We're thanking you, Father, for your great love. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you. So, Holy Spirit, we want to hear what you have to say right now. I am the one. I am the created all things. I am the one who called you by name. I am the one who made you in my image. There's no one else. It's I, says the Lord God. I am the one who's in charge here. And I am the one who's bringing it up. It's my fire. It's my love. But it's my understanding. But you will see that greatness is going to be a a shout of joy in these territories. You're going to see a breaking down of the darkness even more. So get ready for breakthrough tonight. For I tell you, you're going to see it. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear the roar. You're going to hear the thunder, says the Lord. Thank you. Ah, Thank you, Lord. Yes. We'd like to thank the worship team tonight. What a wonderful job. Yes. Hallelujah. So Pastor Doug, he's away. He says hello to everybody. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be getting to um, the ties and why, we, you know, the expressions of the, the thankfulness and praise to God is why we give them. See, under the old covenant, the people, they, they took their tithes to, to the priests for the first fruits of their increase to the priest. So the priests, they put it in the baskets, and they took it to the altar, they gave it to God. And now we have Jesus in this, this time of age now. We give everything to Jesus. He's only asking 10%. But he's asking, you know, it's, it's his love that gives us. But we have the two seed planters here that we give. But in Malachi 3.10 is showing to bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. But, but test me in these, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will, he will open up the floodgates of heaven 
and pour out so much blessings that you would not have enough room for it. I tell you, that's, that's an awesome God. He wants us to prosper far beyond that we can ever imagine. But it's, it's his guarantee. He, spe- he spoke it. And that's the love he has for us. Yes. So now we have kids' life. So, yes. So we'll be clapping and cheering on as they go. Yes. Amen. So tonight we're we'll be getting into the um, the weapons of our warfare. So we're heading into Second Corinthians ten three through six. It says, "For now we walk in, in, into the flesh, but we are not, you know, at, not at war according to the flesh. For, for for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God." For pulling down strongholds. It says, casting down arguments in every high place that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The thing is, Lord wants, you know, we need to label the enemy for what he's doing. And we compare that to the Word of God. We measure everything up by the Word of God when they, they decide to show up and cause a little ruckus. But it says, wrestling with demons is not physical at all. But we're pulling down the strongholds and casting any argument down according to, to the Word of God. So the thing is, the key point is, throughout all the writings, Paul was combating the the devil by taking out false words that the, the evil likes to spread. And it says the strongholds are things in your mind and that you believe that are false. But the three points are, if you have a wrong understanding about Scripture, it can make you go astray. It says the only way that you can combat the devil is with the truth. And he hates hearing the truth. Yes. yes. <laughs> he hates it because he said it goes right into his ears. It's like he, it drives him nuts. <laughs> yes. And Satan tries to destroy absolute truth. So the truth is based on what God has said from his throne. And there's nine points on this one. It says God sits on his throne and he speaks from the throne that is binding. And it says, God speaks truth only. He does not lie. He's not capable of lying. And it says, the spirit was sent in the spirit of truth. And he was sent to enforce the truth. See, the thing is, in the garden, she was, he was deceived. She ate of the fruit. And she was convinced that what she was told was the truth. And the thing is, demons, they want to reroute our thinking. And the thing is, they want to change our minds. The same with God. Well, did he really say that? And he likes to twist things. So it's, the thing is, it gives us the opportunity to, getting, to read more 
but to hang out with God more so we know the voice of God. And that's, you know, he wants us to have that relationship so we don't fall into that, that trouble that the enemy tries to bring in. He says, yeah, my sheep know my voice. And that's, the thing is, when he, when he speaks, he has that, that love. That, it's the, the atmosphere changes when he speaks. But it's a big difference when the enemy speaks, because he brings havoc. And that's when he tries to twist the words. But that's when he, he wants us to learn discernment. Even more, ask for knowledge and wisdom. So we know that what the true fact is and who he is. For a fact, it was God speaking, but who the enemy is. So the thing is, you know, we need to enforce what we believe by reading the word of God. And it says the word of God is the sword. And the word of God is the offensive weapon. Not the defensive weapon, but it's in the armor. So Ephesians 6, 17 through 20. And it says here, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. But it says, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And it says, and for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And what the saying this is praying in the spirit can be tongues, but also it could be a pathetic, a prophetic prayer. But we are speaking forth in utterance in a known language, but a spirit-led. And the thing is, we, we need to develop this more often, you know, to learn to speak, to pray, but it's interpretations. We need to get into that as well. And the thing is, the devil... He tries to take us into his arena many times. And this is where, you know, he, like, he plays dirty. He doesn't play fair. But the thing is, he, he wants us to get us out of our, our zone, what God put us in. And the thing is, he, he, he done this to Jesus. He, he tried to go into the desert and to reroute Jesus' thoughts and who he was. And Jesus, he, he just turned around and gave it back to him. He, 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 he did. He, he, gave, he gave him the word. Said, said it was written. It was written. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's what the Father's looking for us to do as well. Smack Satan with the word. Because a lot of times he tries to bring intimidation, fear, anxiety. And this is where we turn back, give him the word. And he said he, he doesn't like it, but he has to go. So every time we say it's written, the thing is, we are the righteous of God and Jesus Christ. 
and we have all the authority in the world to take him down. And the thing is, when he tries to speak to you in a negative attitude, well, did he really say that? Are you the really child of God? And so, well, yeah. He said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a two by four. <laughs> it's called the Bible. So, so by praying in the spirit and praying in the understandings, you can combat the devil to where he won't even come near you anymore. You'll get tired of it. So we got some more points here. It says God's kingdom is on the earth too, not just in heaven, it's through us. And we are forced that blessing, the covenant as Christians. And it says here, if you want to drive the devil out conditionally, and you will with the word. So the sword of the spirit is the way that we speak. So it is the word of God and the spirit of God. It says here, when you're, when you're full of the spirit, you're going to be bold. And that's the thing about Satan. He doesn't like us being bold. Because he knows he's going to have a fight on his hands. See, boldness is another spiritual power that pushes back the enemy. And this is what we have a realm of authority around us that establishes by our maturity and our development in the word of God and the understanding of the word. The thing is, you, you can grow spiritually to the point where you can start to gain dominion and spiritual territory based on your geographically place where you're at. And this is what the Lord is saying is remember the words king, kingdom, domain, and dominion. He wants us to meditate on these. And the thing is, Jesus himself, he defeated the enemy force. Yes. <laughs> that we, where would we be without him? And it says he gave us his name so we can use that name to tear out all principalities. And the thing is, the evil spirits and the enemy have to listen to you. And the authority that was transferred to us legally from Jesus himself. And the key point is, you have to get under authority in order to have great authority. And we're heading to James 4, 7. And it shows here, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the four points under that show on submit yourself first to God, then resist the devil. But the, the word resist is the same word that is used to resisting arrest. It said it means to push back. So we push back the enemy. And Jesus, he drove out devils. And, said it, and they came out with just a word that Jesus would speak. So it said they only took a word because of the authority which he spoke it. And the thing is, the promotion comes when you continually submit to authority. And God, you know, he, he is our authority. And God's word is our authority. So when we have contact 
by which you abide by. Satan knows who he is, but the thing is, he knows he, what he's trying to do to you is out of line. So we have the opportunity to, to put him back in this place every time he wants to come around. And the thing is, is then you push him back, you resist him, and he's going to flee. Because he knows he's been beaten. So we're heading to First John four four. It says here, "You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is that is in you. That's He is greater in the world, as He is in the world." See, John, he was addressing children of God. And we are all children of God here. So that means we're all part of the, the family of God. And the thing is, we all have the benefits and rights as a child of God. And the thing is, John says that we have overcome them. And that would be all evil spirits that we overcome every single day. says, not only is God behind you, he has sent you out with authority. And God actually dwells in us. He said, you know, if the devil is dealing with us, he's actually dealing with with God himself. (laughs) And the thing is, the devil, he's always looking for somebody that's weak in faith. He looks for the people who do not have the understanding they do not understand that the weapons of our warfare are inside of us. They've been there since day one. And the thing is, we are children of God. If Satan comes against us, he's come against God because we are God's property. But once we learn the opportunity, you know, we, who we actually really are, because there's times when I was younger, growing up in the house, see the, the darkness of the spirits just roaming around. At that time, I didn't understand warfare, how to deal with it. And uh, it wasn't until 98 I got back into the church. Then I learned how to handle the situations of the devil and the schemes. And, and how, how many times he would come in and which ways. But the, the first church I was in, it was, it was something else. We were up for worship practice. It was on a, on a Tuesday. And uh, I just heard this this voice, hey, hey, you. And I'm like looking, and I, you know, the Lord allows me to see these things. And he was back to the far left corner looking through these double doors. And he was there smiling at me, his big old nasty teeth on me. He had like a web looking hands and feet, scaly body. So I ran after him. <laughs> and and you know, this thing like took off to the left, back the hallway. So I followed him, and I, and I went back to the, to the fellowship room. And he's, he's in the far right back corner. Like, look, he's not smiling anymore. <laughs> and it's like, so I, I cast him out, you know. But I thought, you know, 
it was one of my first experiences to, to drive out a demon, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's, that's the authority, you know, that we carry. And I was just getting into the church and Lord just opened up that door for me. I was. Yeah. Yeah, so it was 98, 99. It was probably around 99 when this took place. And it's like just learning and it's like speaking the name of Jesus and he said he just, he was gone. So, and through the years, you know, I learned to, you know, go through the houses and doing the same thing because that was my assignment to tear out the demons. Because the, the little town I was from, this town of Dolphin, it seemed like it was just loaded with them. So uh, I would go out, a couple of buddies, and just oil up the house. But the, but the Lord would give me instructions, though, before I went to the house, you know, where to start oiling the place up. Usually, you know, it would be like the front door and just going in. But, yeah, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to the Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. So, so, although we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world, but, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So we demolish arguments in every petition that set up against us in the knowledge of God. So we take captive every thought and made in obedience into Christ. So we're getting into the absolute truth in the throne. And we got a couple of points here on this is showing. So we need to be discerning on what was being said and what was being done to us. And how to judge everything by absolute truth and how to take it down. See, God, he sits on the throne, and he has a dominion and a domain, and he has a kingdom. So the king, he is Jesus, and he sits on the throne, and he rules over his kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And the thing is, and even before the world began, the absolute truth was based on the foundations of the throne. So we are made in his image. So we, we, we carry that same truth and that same authority. So everywhere we walk, we have total authority to send down the angels, the heavenly host, against these high places, what they call high places. So we can tear them down, get rid of them once and for all. See, what I, what I realized, it was like a couple weeks ago, when we tear down our mountains, they, they become valleys. And that's what the Holy Spirit shared. I said, I like that. So, start up the dozer and keep on moving. <laughs> so, the key here is the purpose is to establish with truth, absolute truth. 
So here, according to uh, Second Corinthians, we are pulling down strongholds. It says we are not pulling down evil spirits per se, but engaging them, but grabbing them and wrestling with them. We are actually confronting them what they believe in and what they say and what they're doing. So we confront everything and pull down everything that is false. So if we, if we measure things by the word of God, it's the sword of the spirit, then you get truth. Because the truth, the spirit of truth will lead us into all truth. And so, so in here, you know, warfare is about identifying the enemies because he is very deceitful. And that's what, you know, when I asked, so the Lord is asking for, you know, giving us the wisdom and knowledge, but discernment. You know, he's, he's asking, you know, to ask it for every day when we, when we get up. And the thing is, a, a person's perception can be changed by adding a little deceit or falseness to a truthful statement. And it says here, it starts out being a, just a little off. Eventually, it gets people even more off. And the thing is, is where people start to accept a reality that is not true. And our government's pretty much that same way. And it says here, it's not also obvious the first time about the falsehood comes up. But when you check everything that you believe, it's why you believe what you believe, but it's the truth. You know the truth now. Because said that the more time you spend in the word, the truth you will see. Yeah. And when you're here, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel it. The atmosphere change. And that's how I learned, you know, to really separate the, the good from the evil was the atmosphere itself. And it says false information is being spread about God. And it says that even the churches and some of the ministers spread out false information. And the thing is, they misrepresent that God and that we serve. But we, God we have, he is a good God. And he loves his people. And the thing is, the enemy loves to push it, saying it's God who brings sickness and diseases. And we know that's a lie. So we're going into Acts 10:38, and it's shown here how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And that's the thing: the worst falsehoods. It's out there what said that God, he, they're saying that God puts sickness on the people. And that's the thing is God, he does not need to put sickness on, on the people. He doesn't have it in heaven. And that's the thing is, and the thing is, Jesus is here to heal, not to bring the disease. And the thing is, he brings life to us, the blessing and healing to all generations. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we, you know, I like to thank the Lord for this. And we're, we're heading to First Peter five eight through nine. And it's shown here, be self-controlled and alert. This is here to your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says, resist him, you know, standing firm in the faith. And it's shown here, being self-controlled means that you always have to monitor the activity. It says you cannot just act out of anger or, you know, rashness. But you have to be patient. Hold your peace and discern in the spiritual attack. Do not react right away and ask where the enemy gets you. That's when he tries to sneak in, when he brings that in to you. And that's why we need discernment. And the prowling has to do with lurking behind the scenes. We're not visible or obvious. The thing is, after we, you know, we walked with God, that's when we, you know, start to learn the principles. Is that your spiritual discernment will start to, that's when it starts to heighten. And the thing is that you'll be alert when the enemy is on, on the prowl. And the thing is, what's going on in your life right now? And the thing is, the question is, what is the devil harassing you with? And this is when you know you have to start by being self-controlled and alert, and know that your your enemy is prowling. So he cannot beat you if it's obvious. He is deceitful. And this is where the Lord's asking us for discernment every day. And the thing is, He's asking us for for spiritual eyes, so we may see and see all the activity. He said, "The Lord brings light, and the enemy cannot he can't hide." And that's the thing because the, the enemy doesn't want to be found out. And and that's that's the thing is. The enemy, you know, through the years learning about the, um, they've been in the family for years. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, finding out, well, you know, that's not going to be anymore. So we, we have the authority to rip it out once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. So these, uh, spiritual generations, they're, they're cut off today in the name of Jesus. That goes, that goes to both sides of the family. So when the enemy tries to come back and try to hit you on something that happened years ago and tries to stick in the same family, he has no foundation. So it's cut it off today. So Isaiah fifty four seventeen said here, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Hmm, I love that. And it says, every tongue that causes you to judgment will be condemned. Mm-hmm. So this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is for me, declares the Lord. And it's showing God is not against us. 
that he is for us. And it says, you know, that no weapon that comes against you will prosper. And the thing is, the weapons they carry that cannot take you down, succeed in bringing us down no more. And the thing is, we keep on threatening Satan with the truth. Because he knows where he's ending up at the end. And Romans 8.1, it says here, now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are, are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So it says that if anyone comes against you after God told you to do something, they really come against God. So if that happens, so we come against this controlling spirit, deceiving spirits right now. So we bind, we break it now in the name of Jesus. And the thing is, we have heritage with God. It says you inherit everything that Jesus bought for you. The vindication says you have been found not guilty. And there's compensation for that. Amen. And it's shown here in Proverbs six thirty one. Is yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He has to give up all of the substance of his house. So we're calling, declaring that today. He's returning sevenfold. Now in the name of Jesus. Hmm. And the thing is, the Lord's saying, because Satan actually counts the cost. And he realizes it will actually come back on him on certain Christians. They know better. So the thing is, the next time Satan goes to steal from us, remind them it's going to cost them even more. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I like that interest. <laughs> and the key is here, do the opposite of what you feel like doing. If someone steals from you, give to the poor. Says God is going to repay you. And it shows here, show your faith by going out and enforcing the blessing by giving. And the thing is, this is... This is the warfare that we go through. This is how we deal with the devil, do the opposite what his goal is. So we're heading into Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. Satan is a scumbag, though, isn't he? Hmm. So, so put on the full armor of God said so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities outside the powers of the dark, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So therefore, put in the full armor of God, so that when the day 
of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your your feet fitted with the shoes and the the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of all the the devil shoots at you. And it says, take up the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the thing is, this is not your, you know, your armor. This is God's armor. This is a whole lot stronger than we can ever make down here. And the thing is, the battle strategies of the enemy is going—they're going to happen. The thing is, we, you know, once we become a Christian, the enemy is like, well, they left us, and now we're going to do something about it. Well, they can't. And the thing is, we need to, you know, watch ourselves. But we, the thing is, we, we must take our stand daily. And the thing is, when we do take that stand, we're standing in faith. And the thing is, when we pray for discernment, you know, the, the thing is, we're, we're building yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. And we need to meditate on God's Word. Because it's shown your struggle is not against flesh and blood. But when people are used by the devil, we are not warring against them. Spirits manipulate people like puppets. And we wrestle against the spirits that are behind the people. And that was another thing through the years. At a birthday party, this little girl came up. She's like, I don't like you. I'm like, hmm. So I patted her in her little head. I said, now come out of her now. So the demon left. You can see her facial expressions that changed. But we were on top of his deck, and she's looking down through the boards. He's down there now. I said, how about that? That's where he's going to stay. <laughs> and, and it's like the, the people at the party just like, they didn't, they didn't want to touch it. So... So that's where the Lord wanted me to be, you know, have that faith to take out the, the enemy. And the thing is, when we put on the armor of God and take your stand against the enemy and know that you can, you know, defeat them, that's when you take the sword of the Spirit because He knows this the truth is going to defeat them at any time. So we're going to head into Ephesians 6.13. And it says here, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. These three points is when you're ready to, is when you are ready all the time, nothing's catching you by surprise. Yes. And the second one is put on your full armor of God if it's not obvious that you're about to be attacked. And the third one is a soldier's always ready on duty. A soldier's always alert.
So now we're heading into Ephesians 6, 14 through 15. And it says here, stand firm and with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted the readiness that comes from the, the gospel of peace. And these are the points here. This is a belt held other pieces of the armor together. The belt held everything in place even if there was a heavy struggle. So there's a truth of what you believe holds everything else together. And it's shown the breastplate protects the whole front area of your body where your vital organs are. And it says here the breastplate is a defensive weapon. And it says righteousness is very important to guard your vital organs. Righteousness guards everything that you believe in. So showing here another point here is that no matter what the fiery darts are of the enemy, where it comes at you, the thing is, and so that it accuses you, that you realize that the breastplate is protecting you with the righteousness. So no matter what they speak with these darts, it's not going to penetrate. And as shown here, just you know, to study the scriptures of righteousness. And it says here we need to be constantly thinking about the fact that you are in right standing with God through Jesus Christ. And it says as you, as long as you are walking, you're not walking in the flesh, you are walking in the spirit, and you are fulfilling God's law by righteousness. And the thing is about the boots, you know, of the soldier, sometimes they had spikes on the bottom, which, you know, held them in place. So when they're in combat, they cannot slip or fall of any way. But they had the readiness that comes from the gospel message, or like these shoes, planting firm on the ground that which we will not slip. And the thing is, we have to be you know, established in the ready, readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. See, the word of peace is, is shalom. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. And it is a completeness in God of all provisions. And it says all benefits of God is not to do with everything that surrounds God and his uh, personality. But is, the thing is, it's what he does, he gave us victory, joy, and all fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. So God had a wonderful plan for us. So, okay, we're heading into Ephesians 6.16. It says here, it says, in addition to all this, just take up the shield of faith for which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows and all, and all from the evil one. And it's shown here is your faith will stop the enemy when he fires arrows at you. So he will throw fear and doubt at you 
but he's going to come against you with lies. And he says these arrows are being are going to come, and they're not you know, going to be able to penetrate. Because that's the thing we had the, the shield of faith, and faith is is trust that what God says is true. And as the Lord has here is how to build up your faith. And the four points are by praying in the Holy Spirit. Two is by hearing the word of God. And three is the testimony of Jesus. It says when you testify, it increases your faith because you are testifying by the Spirit of God. And then the fourth one is, is encouraging others in the Lord. So we're going to be headed into Ephesians 6.17. And as shown here, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the, the Word of God. And the Lord's saying is, you know, to rehearse the fact that you are, are not only saved, but you have benefits of, you know, of salvation. Yeah. And it says here, if you will keep your head... In all situations, there is a lot of mental warfare that's going on, and a lot of it's witchcraft. And once you recognize this, so we take down all witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. We come against all New Age, all Wicca. We bind and we break it now, and you will remove yourself out of our territories now. In the name of Jesus, so we bind and we break us in the family lines. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. And it shows here, but if you put on the helmet of salvation on you, you're reconfirming that God has done for you is through Jesus Christ. And the thing is, salvation is a position that we have. And it's also a relationship that, that we have. And the thing is, God loves us. And he's going to stay with us forever. Yeah. And the thing is, he's never going to turn against us because he loves us. Yeah. And we obey his commands. And it's God, you know, God established our relationship through the blood of Jesus. So the, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And we wield this sword, his word, as a weapon that is, is offensive. But it'll take your, but take your sword and start to point, you know, at the enemy, and the enemy's going to, he's going to be intimidated. So once we, once we show him that, you know, we mean business, we're, we're, we're tired of the, the harassment, so we're coming against the harassing spirit right now, in the name of Jesus. So we thanking you, Lord, for tonight, and we just thanking you so much, Father, for what you have for us. We thanking you, Father, for the words that you gave us the victory through your Son, and thank you for the armor, Father, and the blood of Jesus, and we thanking you. Amen. I just wanted to, um, that was awesome, wasn't it? Thank you. <laughs> Amen.
So in light of what uh, Nelson was saying, you know, I was just thinking, how do we, what's the point of spiritual warfare? Like, why do we need to do all this? And it really comes down to we all have been given specific assignments for the kingdom of God. So the first thing you need to make sure you know for your own life what your assignment is. And spiritual warfare gives you the position of authority to uh, to let the enemy be put in his place so you can continue doing your assignment. That's the whole point of why we do spiritual warfare is that we're, we're not just like going around beating up the devil. We could if we want to. But we we ha- we it's we need to stay on track also. So when he was saying about one of the things about um, the enemy would come and uh, and uh, I don't know how you said it, but pervert the word of God pretty much. So that's what the he gets you off track. Do you see that? So one of the things I've been doing with Gabriel is I call it Mondays with Mom, but it could happen on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and so. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I will text him something that God has shown me that I never told him. And that way he keeps getting revelation from his family line about the truth of God that I discovered or, you know, if his dad tells, I don't know what his dad and him do, but I do my part. But <laughs> but because even though he's on his own, there's still things that he can learn, Right. And if the, and so when the Lord's giving us revelation on something, he's breaking a lie that we believed. So since it's in my line and I have children in my line, I don't know if I conveyed that lie to them when they're in my house. So when I get a truth, I send it on over. Like, here's what the Lord revealed to me, Gabe. And he'll go, that's so awesome, Mom. Thanks. Good son, good son. But, <laughs> but my point is, it does, whatever point you came to know the Lord in raising your children, don't just throw them out there and hope that they would find God. To remember, you're the one that raised them, and if they're messing up, something went wrong somewhere. <laughs> and so if you, if you can keep your relationship with your children open and clean, so you can deposit revelation to them that God showed you. If God's showing you something, they may need that same thing adjusted. And here's the key. If the devil didn't get you on it, guess where he's going next? Yeah. He don't want to make his work hard. He'll just go to the next family member and the next one and the next one. It, it, you know, they're, they're kind of dumb. You know, they, they are dumb, not kind of. They are dumb. Okay. So what I'm saying to you is, as believers, we each have an assignment. We're going to do spiritual warfare against the enemy so we can keep doing our assignment. And for this, we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to have no lack of knowledge. That's where, where Nelson was saying, he comes in and perverts the word of God. But if you don't know the word of God, you don't know what he's perverting, right? So... Our assignment is to read the word, right? I want to share something with you in Proverbs 6. No, Proverbs 22, 6. And it says, I was thinking, what is the purpose of the schools? 
You can tell the school system's on my radar right now. And really, it's the trained children, right? So I'm thinking to myself, well, what does the Bible have to say about schools? Well, the fact is, Proverbs 22.6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. A school is supposed to direct children in the right path. I know this was written to parents, but parents are actually paying somebody to teach their children things when they're not with them. Then when the kids come home, the parents can continue training them, right? So that's what a school is supposed to do. And I don't know where the the tide turned where we think we have to crawl and we have to sneak in so the children can learn truth in school. I think it's a little backwards. So somewhere along the line, everyone that's responsible for the school thing got perverted information and purchased the lie of the devil. They sold their souls to it. And if we want to do spiritual warfare for our kids, this is a good place to start. Because this is how you save a generation from being taught lies. Do you see this? So we speak over our schools the truth of God. So we speak this scripture right now tonight, Lord. We speak it out publicly. That Proverbs 22.6 happens in our schools. That children are directed onto the right path so that when they grow older, they will not leave the path of Jesus. So Jesus is the way. He is the way the truth, and the life. And that's where our schools need to be taking our kids. But nobody ever wants to say that because it's not inclusive. The Bible includes everybody if they want it. (laughs) We got two choices, the devil or God. Which one do you want to be included in? Right now, the, the play, every institution is being saturated with the enemy's stuff. And then our kids have to sort out what the truth is. That should never happen in the first place. Amen? So we are going to speak over our schools this verse, Proverbs 22, 6. Every time you think, every time you hear a bad report about school, reinforce this word. Because this is the truth. Because that's what Jesus did. He said it is written, right? And we can say the same thing. I, and you go look up and see if you can find more scriptures about school. You know, Samuel was taught in the church, right? Uh, he, lived, he grew up in God's house. And so there are places, and all of it leads to people knowing about God and knowing the truth about who God is. Amen? Good message tonight, Nelson. <laughs> Good delivery. <laughs> he just stood there and put a little story in and you're like, oh yeah, he's giving an example right now. It's awesome. (laughs) But see, like Nelson's thing is he sees spirits, right? I I joked one time and said, if God ever did that for me, it would be a complete disaster because I'd be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like Nelson would see stuff and be all calm. And there's a demon right over there, or there's an angel right over there, and he would be. Cal- I wouldn't be calm about it. I'd be walking right. I'd be doing what you did when you were a baby Christian and ran after it. That's what I would do every time. But anyway, God knows how he 
God knows how he wires us. Amen. And our job is to is to understand ourselves based on the word of God. So the devil doesn't come and give you a new description of who you are. That's kind of what he was trying to do with Jesus. Give him a new description uh, for protection, for provision, and for authority, really. He was trying to redirect who Jesus would be in those realms. Jesus didn't buy it, and we don't have to either. Amen. Well, God bless you guys tonight. We'll be here Sunday, 10 a.m. Nelson already prayed, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Amen. God bless you.